look at how your parents dealt with conflict and adversity. Just just observe how how did they check out? Did they freak out? Did they run and hide? Did they did they bury their head in the sand? Did they act out in rage? Okay, great. That's how you modeled uh you know, your relationship with life. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Dr. Nima Ramani. Dr. Nima, DC, CCWP, is both a chiropractor and an educator, specialising in helping individuals and professionals get to the root cause of their physical and emotional challenges, from stressed, depressed and anxious to living powerfully aligned and on purpose. After building a successful chiropractic practice in Maple Ridge, BC, Dr. Nima sold his clinic in June 2016 to pursue his passion for teaching and coaching professionals who are stressed, depressed and anxious to transform and have their best year ever in both a private and corporate setting. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Dr. Nima Romani of Overview Consulting. Welcome Dr. Nima, thanks for joining me. It's good to have, it's, it's good to be here actually, Joe. I, I really look forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Uh, well, I have been a chiropractor, well, I've been a chiropractor for the last 20 years and um, in Vancouver, just outside of Vancouver, Canada. And I've been kind of feeling frustrated as to getting to the root cause of why people are coming in to see me in the first place. I would notice that some patients do really great and they heal and they're able to, we're able to really help them. And still others, no matter what you do, you can dance around like a monkey, stand on my head, nothing that I would do uh, would really help them. And so it was a discovery that I made that pretty much mirrors anybody who does any sort of body work for more than 10 years is that our emotional wounds translate to our physical ones. Mm-hmm. So any unresolved emotional wounding from our past gets stored as trauma in the body and doesn't um, allow us to fully heal when we keep it at uh, surface level. And so when I made that discovery, I created a possibility that I would be able to leave the confines of my office and then start to teach the principles of why we get sick in the first place uh, and what uh, what we can do to actually heal. And what I discovered was that if you, when you actually address the, um, the relationship ruptures that cause our emotional distress, starting from our, you know, childhood primary caregivers and, and beyond, you then uh, 
are able to give the patient, the the client, power uh, where they were where they had lost it before. It's like they've reconnected to their source, mm -hmm. their agency, uh, because the ruptures, the emotional wounds from the ruptures, the ruptured relationships in our lives, uh, they they stay with us, and they will over time break down our physiology and unresolved emotional trauma that's been very doc well documented. Uh, that is the underlying root cause behind most chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So we've been looking in the surface. I just, when I made this discovery is that in the world of health and healing, and uh, we've been looking uh, too, too surfacey uh, at the surface, at the symptoms. And uh, I just gave myself permission to go deeper. And five years ago, I sold my practice. I moved kind of onto teaching live workshops and slowly kind of move things online where I teach a global, I lead a global community of self healers mm -hmm. that learn to regulate their nervous system, their heal their past, uh, learn how to heal their attachment traumas, their attachment wounds, and then go from their relationship challenges, conflicts, relationship limbo, divorce, should I stay, should I go? Uh, they then go to feeling more connected, more clear, and then having a, an ability to choose their own adventure rather than having it chosen for them by unconscious complexes. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about as in the sort of your sort of enlightenment? Clearly, um, you had experience, <laughs> experiences, um, <laughs> yes. which will have prompted it. And, you know, not all... Mm -hmm chiropractors or any of the other uh types of um yeah sort of body workers <laughs> that's probably not I the see right what word. you're saying um yeah. you know would necessarily end up where you've ended up so how did that totally. come about for you a great deal of pain joe <laughs> an immense <laughs> amount of pain and suffering uh it started everything was going great in my life uh married at 31 and it was it I hadn't really dealt with much adversity. It was pretty much, you know, amazing. I had a million dollar practice, a trophy wife, uh, penthouse apartment, BMW. I had the Persian dream, I call it. It's like, ah, everything's going great. And then I dealt with that first adversity, which was divorce. And that really rocked me. If you, if, you, if any, anyone who's listening has gone through that really understands. Um, and, and, I was lucky because we didn't have kids, but it still was a huge setback for me. Mm -hmm. And that led me into a path where I was then getting into relationships one after another. And it would blow my mind because I thought it was them. You know, it was like, well, this clearly wasn't the right fit. I'm going to go find, you know, a better fit. Mm -hmm. And I would just find the exact same patterns in every single relationship. And then finally, it was, wasn't until, you know, I, I, one string of failed relationships where all of a sudden I woke up one day, you know, in a toxic relationship, they just kept getting worse and more severe. Uh, and I woke up one day and I realized, shit, well, maybe I'm the common denominator here. Uh, I got to work on and seeing why I keep repeating these exact same patterns. Why do I keep getting into these codependent cycles in my relationships where I attract the same type of person, I show up as the exact same type of way, and I discovered it was all unresolved, unhealed uh, attachment wounds. I thought I had done the work because I'd done coaching, personal development, and I discovered that 
I was doing what's called cognitive bypassing, which is trying to think, think your way out of, you know, attachment issues and, and, and attachment wounds that are very much in the body. So, uh, two years ago, I then stopped working and I moved back in with my parents <laughs> and I decided to actually, not because, you know, I didn't have a place. I put my place up on Airbnb, started renting it out. And I said, you know what, I got to learn exactly what I need to do to take full responsibility rather than play victim to, you know, the wounds that I had in my childhood. So I moved back in with my parent, my, my parents, and I worked on resolving it. And I became, and I, and that was the birth of the concept called becoming trigger proof. Mm -hmm. uh, trigger proof basically means taking full responsibility for the emotions that come up in your body. And instead of becoming reactive by, you know, act lashing out or withdrawing and stonewalling to sit in it and to, to inquire and to heal the younger parts and rescue the younger parts of me that these triggers are coming up. Trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means uh, taking responsibility mm -hmm. uh, and uh, being able to respond rather than react. And over a period of a couple of years, I, I, I told myself, I said, <clears throat> I've become very successful in work. Work is not a problem. It's just all bets are off in, in, in my personal life. So I decided that I was going to do whatever it took, whatever distance I had to travel, whatever price I had to pay to learn how to actually have a healthy relationship. And here I am uh, now. We got married this year and we have a little baby. So um, congratulations. So yeah. So I, not only I tell people, not only it's like the hair club for men, not only am I the, the president, I'm also a client. Yes. And so had that manifested in physical illness for you not for me not for me i was very lucky i'm a chiropractor so i you know i take care of my body exercise um health was never an issue for me mm -hmm. uh health was never an issue the only way that that would show up for me is paralyzing anxiety so this was uh, it wasn't physiological manifestation of like an illness like a thyroid problem or a stomach issue or anything mm -hmm. but for me it would show up as anxiety which i now see as a, a kind of a childhood wounding and a lack of safety in the body and a dysregulated nervous system so all mm -hmm. of my teaching is all about first creating that sense of safety within the body and then everything else the anxiety takes care of itself your health issues take care of your digestive problems so it all starts with regulating the nervous system why do you think people don't see that connection i mean it's something that i've known for quite a while i i developed an underactive thyroid about 20 years ago and I did lots of research and I I can almost certainly say where it came from in terms of my emotional where? issues that led up to it but I also am very aware of I don't know waking up with sort of aches and pains which I don't have every day but some days I do and I know I can normally link that back to worrying about something or mm -hmm. something having gone on sort of thing um, but I think that's because I've done lots of research about it and read lots about it and, and all that sort of stuff and I'm quite open-minded I guess and I've done some stuff that's taken it away so I sort of know I and mean, I'm obviously nowhere near the sort of thing that you do but many people don't even think that there's a connection yeah we're also fed a bunch of lies within the medical system which is very pharmaceutical yes. based which yeah. is um you know 
there's a pill for every ill. These, do you have these symptoms? It means you have this disorder. Mm -hmm. And if you have this disorder, then it takes this drug. So you, you don't really question your lifestyle choices. You don't question uh, any type of conflict. You know, the, you don't, you don't yeah. ask the question, hmm, these symptoms that came up. Like I guarantee you, Joe, that when your thyroid symptoms came up, if you trace back six months to a year prior to that, there was a conflict that you had endured that was stored in your body yeah. that wasn't expressed. And thyroid uh, is, is, you know, in the throat chakra, which is, you know, you are suppressing your voice. You weren't speaking up, which probably explains why you have a podcast now. Uh, <laughs> it's a perfect, it, it totally makes sense to me. Uh, but a, a suppressed voice, a su like one of my clients, uh, you know, was going through some major conflict at home and she has extreme amount of rage, but she's been hiding it from her children because her she doesn't want to rock the boat and have the children not um you know really absolutely love uh their father so she suppressing and hiding that rage and well guess what well that energy that emotional energy, that psychic energy doesn't just go away. It's not something we can avoid. You either face it, feel it, and express it, uh, or uh, it will show up as illness in your body. And the reason why we don't make the connection is because, first of all, there's a couple reasons. First of all, um, it's a big leap for a lot of people because we think, oh, thyroid problem. What did the blood test say? Okay, well, what does the doctor say? Doctors are just kind of like... You know, it's just symptom and pill, and there's no real connection <clears throat> between the mind and the body uh, with with doctors, really. They talk about stress. They go, oh, it's just stress. They pay at lip service. They know, we know that there's a st stress there, but there's a huge gap between uh, what the doctors learn uh, about how to deal with that trauma and what the literature says that all of these illnesses are caused by unresolved uh, emotional trauma and unresolved emotions that are trapped in the body. And so many people, another reason why is that people don't know what to do about it. I mean, do you go to a psychologist? And I don't think going to talk therapy uh, is actually going to be helpful. I mean, it's helpful to talk to somebody, of course, uh, but there's no tools, there's no accountability. Um, it, it becomes really challenging. Um, <clears throat> so the problem is the reason why it's, it's not understood is because, well, it's, it's changing. First of all, people are now starting to get information with social media and mm -hmm. following accounts on Instagram and, uh, YouTube channels like my, my, mine, uh, people are now going, holy cow. I never realized that there was a link. I didn't realize that my digestive issues, uh, which started when I was eight years old, uh, had anything to, uh, had anything to do with, with it. But come to think of it, my parents divorced when I was seven. And then I started getting these digestive issues. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you think it's got something to do? Then the next question is, well, what do I do about it? Do I just go talk to someone about it? And the answer is no, you don't just talk to somebody. You actually learn how to go in and feel uh, the emotions that you haven't uh, learned how to properly address. So the second reason why this is so poorly understood is that growing up, you were raised in all likelihood, you were raised in an environment of children are to be seen, not heard. Mm. 
Mm. Um, spare the rod, spoil the child. So when you've had big emotions come up, you were told, don't cry. Um, uh, it, it's okay. Don't cry. Uh, or you hadn't had your reality validated. You, your feelings and emotions were invalidated or they were shamed. So you were taught to actually suppress them. Yeah. So that's really tough. That's really tough. So people don't have the training <clears throat> and we're all trying to, we're all, <clears throat> excuse me, we're all going around in circles trying to feel better, but the real answer is to get better at feeling. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you'd um, sold your practice. Did you go through a period of time where your your patients didn't know what you were doing because you were asking them questions that, that weren't about the aches and pains? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really funny, funny story. I had a patient coming in, extreme amount of neck pain. And I could see from her body language, she was tense and angry. And I'm adjusting her. Second visit, she comes in. It's no better. By the third visit, I told her, I said, listen, um, there, I believe there's something deeper here. Um, I have a workshop coming up on Saturday. I really want you to come in and let's address the issue. And I never saw her again. I started creating these workshops. When I noticed this, I started creating these workshops in my office. And I would invite my patients. Some would, some wouldn't. The ones that would had amazing results. She just happened to go, screw this. Get out of my head. Just fix my neck. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So she left and I never saw her again. Well, as it turns out, eight years later, I sell my practice because I was tired of these conversations. I didn't want to work with people who didn't really want to get to the root cause. I just wanted to go deeper with people. That's just my evolution. Uh, and so here I am in, in uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation headquarters in downtown Vancouver doing a talk to a group of entre- entrepreneurs about nervous system regulation. And the organizer invited his family. And so uh, they're sitting there and, sh- and this woman uh, came was present at the, at the, at the talk. Yeah. After I'm done, she walks right up. To, after I was finished my presentation, she walks up to me. She goes, do you remember me? And this was eight years prior, by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, no, actually, it doesn't ring a bell. She goes, well, I came to see you eight years ago at your chiropractic clinic. And I said, oh. She goes, and I said, ooh, I don't remember. She goes, I know, I only came to see you three times. And in my mind, I was like, shit, what did I do? <laughs> did, I, <laughs> yeah. did, did I hurt you? Did I adjust you and it caused you pain and you hated yeah. me and never came back? She said, no, actually, um, I felt like you were trying to get in my head. Yes. And I had, I just had a neck issue going on and I, and I felt like you were trying to get in my head and I wanted no part of it. But now after listening to your presentation, I now realize, you know, I was going through a divorce and I was in a really bad place. And the last thing I wanted to do was to face my shit. And she looked at me and she was like, I'm ready now. (laughs) So she then jumped in and we started working together Mm -hmm. and healed her digestive issue, her anxiety. She went off of her anxiety medication that she was in for uh, 25 years because we went back and healed her childhood wounding, which was a guilt and shame about her behavior and her addictions as a teenager and resentment towards her mother. And so we cleared all of those emotions, the shame, the guilt, the resentment, and all of a sudden her body just was better. And that was probably the greatest validation uh, mm-hmm. that I, I can recall. It was like so huge to experience mm-hmm. as a practitioner. Yeah. 
So talk us through how you transitioned then from from sort of delivering a service, if you like, to what you do now. Um, obviously, in the meantime, you sold the practice, but uh, it's quite a transition, even oh, yeah. even with the evolution, isn't it? Midlife crisis. It was <laughs> age 40. I'm having a midlife crisis, just gone through a divorce. And I'm like, geez, I don't really want to be dealing with surface bullshit. I want to get to the root cause. I mean, it's not surface bullshit. It's very real. It, it's amazing getting a chiropractic adjustment, uh, adjusting people, being able to change lives. I just wanted to go deeper. So what would happen is my, uh, I started with these little workshops in my office uh, called Life Skills for a Stressful World. So these were like Saturday morning workshops that I would invite all my patients to. A lot of them really um, uh, were so grateful for the edu- education. I love teaching. I discovered I just love teaching. And some just wouldn't show up. And the ones that wouldn't show up didn't get better faster. The ones that would just had, they just took responsibility. They had awareness and they got better. So I discovered I really liked teaching a lot more than coming in on Monday morning and just dealing with bad backs. And so slowly that three hour Saturday morning workshop, I just, as I kept developing, it turned into a one day event, which then turned into a two day event. And once it became this two day event and I created a methodology, a simple to follow methodology, which helps you heal the emotional uh, attachment wounds, you, you know, taking the trigger which basically it's a self-inquiry tool that that is both cognitive and somatic in the body that allows you to 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 access the trigger and go back to its origin when you were younger and then do a series of cognitive and somatic based and inner child type of based tools that help you resource that younger part of you and integrate it back into you when it was fragmented because of trauma and once you've reintegrated that part of you, you've acknowledged that part of you, that abandoned part of you, all of a sudden, your trigger in the present moment, your challenge, your lack of clarity opens up and all of a sudden you get a window to your next move. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered the amazing transformation ability of, of, of that. And so I started just traveling around the world and doing these workshops um, based on my contacts that I had chiropractic, you know, colleagues, they would just invite me to their offices uh, and I would teach it to their patients. Yeah. I, I just modeled it. I went to Atlanta. I went to the UK. I went to Detroit. I went to Australia. And the crazy part was everywhere I would go, people would like be like, oh my God, I want more. <clears throat> so slowly I transitioned that kind of two-day event into an online 90-day program. Mm -hmm. And now I have online events and programs. And so it's both, well, before COVID hit, uh, I had uh, a 90-day kind of like program that also included a weekend. So I have these weekend workshops that I love doing because it's like bringing people together and and getting immersed and kind of like a revival, uh, getting into your... reconnected with the community, but then it's, it's also carried the training and the accountability and the support uh, also continues online with Zoom. Yeah. <clears throat> and then when COVID hit, I had to cancel all of my live events and moved everything online. And so. But how fortunate that you'd already started. 
Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like the greatest thing. My colleagues were all suffering uh, yeah. because they couldn't open up their practices. And then I, here I am having the uh, most successful year mm-hmm. of my career. So it was yeah. such a great move. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I didn't feel that way at first, Joe. Yeah. I was terrified yeah. uh, making that leap. But uh, as you know, this happens. But uh, I never look back now. No, and I guess this year was probably a time for a bit of sort of CPD from those people who weren't able to get out to their their consulting rooms and see their people. It probably, you know, not only were you online already, you, you, you gave people an opportunity to to learn some stuff whilst they were, you know, in limbo themselves, I guess. So a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, look, now is the time. <clears throat> this was my position. I basically said, look, we don't know what the future holds. We're in lockdown. This was back in February, March. I started a new Facebook group called trigger proof. Mm. And, um, I just said, look, I'm just going to come in here every day and I'm going to give trainings that are going to help you get back into your body, get back into your heart uh, to regulate your nervous system, because that's what's going to determine if you win on the other side of this uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so all of a sudden that just grew to over 2,200 kind of people in in the group. And my online events are, you know, rocking it and people are transforming and people are actually who, who participate are coming through the pandemic better off than they did going in. Yeah. 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 And, you know, thank God. I mean, there's so much opportunity for it to, to go the opposite way. I mean, even oh, exactly. things we talked to the beginning about things like, you know, the whole working from home thing, it, it wasn't working from home. It was working from home during a crisis, you know, that right. none of this has been normal in terms of the backdrop, has it? So, um, you know, all that support to get people through is so valuable. So tell us what a day looks like for you. It's probably changed a bit now you've got a newborn baby. <laughs> yeah, totally. So basically, it's pretty amazing. I'm so grateful that I can kind of be a dad and, you know, I finish, for example, once I finish this interview, I'm just going to go snuggle with him and, you know, take him for a little walk, take him for a mm-hmm. walk and the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um What's it like working and having a, a baby? Like, it's it's amazing. A, a lot of times, like, I'll do my uh, group calls or my, my trainings and uh, my Facebook lives. And then you can hear him, as you heard, probably him crying in the background. I mean, oh, that's my son. And I'm just uh, really looking forward to this journey unfolding. Um, it, it's been great. And I, I'm <sighs> sleep hasn't been wonderful. <laughs> but uh, I realized that, um, I don't know, it's, it's, this is the greatest love I've ever experienced. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it's actually, it's made my purpose. This is the one thing that I've noticed. <clears throat> if I can be very selfish about this, um, it's given me such purpose behind what I do now because the work that I do now, I stand for healed families. What I, what this work of becoming trigger-proof actually helps you break the cycle of intergenerational trauma that didn't yeah. start with you. And so when I'm teaching, I'm actually <clears throat> teaching so that Dominic, my son, can benefit. It's like I want him to be... I mean, he's born into this shit show <laughs> yeah. of of the world. It's like, hey, dude, sorry, sorry that we brought you into this. Like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I want to give you the tools to be able to 
be of service to an impending mental health crisis. Mm. And so that's really what the focus of my work is, is, is to arm people with skills to be able to cope in a world where there is a impending mental health crisis surrounding yeah. us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's much more talked about now. It's much more in the sort of public domain, the whole concept of mental health, but it's nowhere near sort of fixed or even no. <laughs> sort of starting PB, is it? And, and mental health is really, uh, it's incomplete. We can't talk about mental health uh, if we keep ignoring the the state of alarm that comes in the body because of unresolved childhood wounding. Mental health is all about somatic. It mm. is a somatic experience. We try to do, you know, counselors and therapists and talk our way out of feeling problems. And I want to teach people that you can't think your way out of a feeling problem. Yeah. You must actually learn how to feel your way out of it. We must show those younger parts, not tell them that they're safe. Mm. Essentially, coronavirus, it wasn't the problem. It's the fact that we already had a feeling of unsafety in our bodies before it hit. Mm. That's the real problem. And my the focus of my work is addressing that problem, because when you address that problem, you then are able to take care of the surface issues. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. I just think sort of reflecting on, you know, how people think about it. And obviously there's all host of different uh, views on what things are, are going on but I guess in some ways that whole thing about the narrative around children not being as affected by getting ill with it and you know sweeping statement generalization because obviously that's not true for all of them but uh, I wonder if that's in some ways sort of insulating some of our younger people mm. yeah you know, we're, we're having it I don't know about in Canada we're having issues with lots of students you know continuing to have parties and break rules and everything else but I do wonder actually if it's fairly positive that they don't understand the. <laughs> yeah. Well, the impact on the kids comes from n not so much. I'm not worried so much about like them getting the virus about the virus itself. What's what's scarier is that children are watching us. Children are very, they're our greatest bullshit detectors. I mean, you have a 14 year old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. the second Joe that you are the slightest bit inauthentic and bullshit, bullshitting her, yeah. she'll be able to call you out. Absolutely. She's right. She, she's like, yeah. she, you can't, you can't pull a fast one on her. She mm -hmm. is your greatest, uh, bullshit, uh, accountability partner. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So this is true of even my one month old. Uh, let me give you an example. If I'm if I'm holding him and I'm scrolling through social media, my lack of presence with him, he can feel it and he starts to cry. <laughs> then all of a sudden I put my phone down and I put my awareness onto him immediately he stops crying. It's almost as though he feels the safety of my awareness and my presence. That was a huge lesson for me. I was like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. the power of my attention, my, the focus of my attention is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. That's what, what, what I realized. And my child is picking it up. Yeah. Also, my child is picking up the level of connection that I have with my wife. So if I have a kind of like a bullshit relationship with my wife, that's really not connected. The attachment is not there. We have ruptures in our relationship. Yeah. Um, 
that will spill over to the child and my child will feel that lack of safety. Mm -hmm. But if I'm focusing on making sure that my attachment to myself, my level of well-being within myself, my connection with myself, my nervous system is regulated, my relationship with my wife is connected, uh, then he then thrives, right? So yeah. in times of pandemic in this coronavirus, our children are looking up at us and seeing our behavior and watching how we deal with adversity and their feeling of safety internally is pretty much governed by how we're like vibrating <laughs> the yes. energy that's coming off of us. Yeah. So I don't take that responsibility lightly. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the foundation of my message is it's up to you to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma that didn't start with you. Look at how your parents dealt with conflict and adversity. Just just observe how how did they check out? Did they freak out? Did they run and hide? Did they did they bury their head in the sand? Did they act out and rage? Okay, great. That's how you modeled, uh, you know, your relationship with life. And without the proper training in self regulation and co regulation, you're now passing that down to children. Yeah. And so. I just, I just want to bring the awareness to, to, to stop the cycle and mm. take responsibility. And, and I teach the, the tools and the training so that people can take full responsibility themselves and become trigger proof. Yes. Yeah. And that we've talked about trigger proof um, already in, in the interview. Is, is that your, that's your sort of I don't know, main outcome. Is it? <laughs> is that? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I thought about it. I was like, Okay. What do you, what do we what 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 is it that we all want in this world, you know? And I yeah. and I've been I've been a chiropractor for 20 years, so I listen to people coming in with problems and now as a coach people with varying relationship challenges, right? And the way that I operate, I'm always kind of wanting to go upstream to go to the root cause of the root cause of the root cause of the root cause. Because mm -hmm. I want to know if I can go upstream and solve that one problem, you know, because, you know, it will show up in a myriad of ways. Like how? Well, what are the problems? Well, <clears throat> codependency. I'm always showing up needy and I can't be myself in a relationship. So I hide my truth and I'm pleasing other people. Okay, what else? Well, I constantly attract the same type of partner who uh, constantly treats me like shit and I take it and I'm, I, I don't have the power and the courage to leave. Okay, what else? Well, I'm always avoidant in relationships. Whenever uh, you know a conflict happens, I want to run and then I, I don't bounce back. Like I can't get over it. Like I hold on to things. I don't know how to let things go. Um, my, I'm anxious all the time. My health is starting to decline. Um, I don't feel safe in my body. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how to get past this resistance. I'm procrastinating a lot and I just don't – like I know what I want to do, but I'm so terrified of putting myself out there because what are people going to think of me? And then I realize, holy crap. These are not all separate problems. These are all the same problem. And the problem is that I, I don't have the ability and the confidence to sit in my uncomfortable emotions. I don't have the uh, trust in my ability to produce results. 
and I don't have the uh, confidence and a trust in myself to be able to handle the consequences of my actions. All because I don't know how, because, because my triggers, when I get triggered, I lose consciousness and I'm no, I'm not in control of my life. Mm -hmm. What's controlling me is now these old unconscious complexes from childhood that I just don't, I don't have the ability to regulate. And then boom, in that moment, I'm not a functional adult. I am an eight year old child who wants mommy and daddy to come rescue them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's the root cause of your health problems, your relationship issues, the, the, the feeling of a lack of clarity and purpose. Yeah. Um, and so instead of trying to heal your anxiety, which you're focusing on the anxiety, there's tons of books on hail anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. Well, if you just stop focusing on anxiety and then focus all of your efforts on integrating your triggers, then, then the anxiety goes away. Instead of trying to treat codependency, if you just work on becoming trigger proof, then when you get triggered when your abandonment wounds get triggered in a relationship, which they're going to come up no matter who you're with, if you have those wounds, then you're able to regulate yourself rather than needing somebody else to soothe you. Mm -hmm. If you are able to regulate your own emotions when they come up, you don't become an anxious mess constantly in your head, trying to think thoughts to try to make sense of why your body is in a state of alarm and trying to catastrophize to try to create some sense of control your addictions, all of these things are an unconscious strategy to regulate your emotions when you haven't yet learned how to become trigger-proof. Becoming trigger-proof is the one skill that will transform every area of your life. It transforms mine from your health to your relationships, to your feeling of worthiness, to your sense of you know, entrepreneurship, working through resistance, all of it is an ability to self-regulate. And so that has become, um, you know, the, the topic that people write books about, mm -hmm. you know, stillness and uh, people who, you know, Eckhart Tolle and all of these things, these spiritual teachers, these neuroscience, people trying to get into flow. Essentially, what we're doing is unconsciously we're seeking to learn how to regulate our emotions to create fulfillment to create deeper intimacy in in our lives uh, it all comes from becoming trigger proof mm -hmm. thank you for that um more detailed explanation um definitely something to aspire to i think and so yeah for people who who want to do that clearly you run programs that um help people yeah. with that what's What's their sort of first step? <clears throat> the first step I have um, is really to learn how to change your relationship with your breath and then connect with the younger parts of us. Uh, you know, when we get triggered, uh, we think that we're in control, but we're not. It's our child mind. It's our younger selves mm -hmm. that are acting out. And so I kind of have this entry level, uh, you know, training. It's a three-hour training called Breathwork and Badassery. I'll give you the <laughs> link for it. Yeah. I, it's kind of something that I breathwork and badassery. It's a it's a um, it's a training and a one hour meditation on breathing where you you learn how to change your relationship and retrain your body in how to breathe properly because your breath is the link between your conscious and your unconscious mind. Yeah, and so it's like I had to relearn how to breathe. If I just go back and 
connect to my breath, that inhale-exhale relationship one-to-one is my relationship with the universe. Inhale is receive, exhale is give. If I have a one-to-one give-receive relationship with the universe, I have balance. But I realized that I wasn't even breathing properly. I'm breathing in, but it was like a shallow breath. So Mm -hmm. that means that I wasn't receiving I was, you know, abundance, prosperity. I was didn't feel worthy of that. So to change that, I can sit there and do talk therapy, or I can start by <sighs> giving myself permission to receive abundance through breath, and mm-hmm. it's all around me. So that's the first uh, kind of start. And uh, the overview experience is the five-hour training that I start my clients off in, uh, where you learn how to heal those early attachment traumas. We find yeah. out where the root cause comes from, where that earliest where that earliest belief was instilled on me, where that I didn't matter, that I wasn't enough. So we find it and we give you the tools in, in solving it. I'll give you the links below. Cool. Lovely. Thank you. So last couple of questions. What about those days where it all goes horribly wrong for you? What, how do you deal with those? Well, uh, how I deal with those is... Um, be, is to sit with the emotions and be willing to f- feel them. The, the problem isn't the feelings that come up. It's my resistance to those feelings. So it's not about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling like shit. <laughs> so what I do in those situations is I give myself full permission to feel like shit. And I have, a, a, you know, people around me that I trust. And I'm like, really, I'm going through a really hard time and it's bringing up a whole bunch of stuff. Can I just emotionally dump on you and just express everything that's inside? And, you know, I have my team and and, and all of the, the, the people that I have, the community that I have around me that are willing to listen to that and just hear me without fixing it. Just have me, just a few days ago, I called my, uh, my uh, one of the one of my team and I just said, listen, I'm going through a really rough time and I, everything's falling apart. Can I just express? And I did. And I just literally just wailed and screamed in the phone and I had a good cry and I released it. And I'm like, thank you. And just in the release and listening to the language, I was like, ah, okay. How old do you feel, Nima? Uh, You feel about nine years old there. Ah, that brought up a memory. And then after I was able to express it, then I'm able to uh, really take care of that nine-year-old part of me. So when I have a shit day, I let myself have a shit day and I give myself full permission and allowance and safety to feel like shit, (laughs) which is the opposite of what most kind of personal development is, is like, oh, we got to numb that. We got to sedate that. We got to put a pill on that. Um, becoming really, uh, becoming trigger proof is about really getting good at feeling like shit and allowing those feelings to come up and move through you rather than suppress them or repress them because it's, you know, because of social decencies. Yeah. 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 That was really powerful. Thank you. What about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I say that you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Well, that is a conscious uh, choose your own adventure. Um, the first step to that is to, I mean, give yourself permission to, 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 to dream that a lot of people are stuck because they're like, Oh, I don't know what I want to do. And the truth is you do know, it's just, you're telling the story of, 
I don't know what it is that I want as a way of protecting yourself from feelings of failure. Mm -hmm. And so the first step is to really get good at feeling like a failure. <laughs> Give yourself full permission to feel like a failure because your unwillingness to feel like a failure is stopping you from living more, is stopping you from reaching and, and, and going out there uh, and, and choosing your own adventure. And so basically it comes down to uh, writing out exactly what it is, giving yourself full permission and getting your mind and body engaged in the, the doing of that without uh, like in your feeling, in your body. So it starts living more, um, starts with a thought and a feeling. And this morning before I got on a call with you, I started to envision and feel into, because we live in a two-bedroom condo, just got married this year. So it's like, I've been living the bachelor life and now it's like, okay, it's time for a house. Well, guess what? I'm at a house with a, with an office, with a studio in it where I can do presentations and my trainings. I'm actually living it in my mind and my body and I'm giving myself full permission. And what you do is each and every day you acknowledge uh, how your dreams are coming true. You acknowledge evidence. You look for evidence of your vision manifesting. Because if you don't count the small wins and incremental progress, you always have what's called the horizon effect. You're looking ahead and going, oh, I'm not there, going towards the horizon. Uh, and you never get there. So it's really about pausing and looking, where am I actually living it now? And the truth is, I am living it now. I'm living this in this exact moment, this conversation, if you told me five years ago that I'm, I'll be having this conversation in this beautiful apartment with my beautiful family, just right here, uh, I would have told you I'm living the dream. So because of the horizon effect, I'm going to day to day, look at my life and go, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So it's really important to stop and look back and acknowledge where you are living it yeah. daily. That's how it works for me. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. So tell people how they can find out more and get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. My website is uh, right there. I'll, I'll leave you the link. It should be in the show notes. It's drnema.com. And my uh, Facebook group, it's called Trigger Proof uh, group. It's called Trigger Proof. I'll just put it in the in the chat box there for you. You can grab okay. it. Okay. And um, I have a, uh, if you you know, you reach out to me and let me know uh, on social media, Instagram at Dr. Nima. Um, if you send me a DM and let me know what was uh, relevant for you, if this was if this was meaningful, send me a DM. Let me know uh, what what were your biggest takeaways were, what landed for you. Mm -hmm. And then what I'll do is I'll send you a 90 minute training for free with a promo code uh, that teaches you the steps that I take my clients through uh, with case studies uh, that take you through uh, learning how to become trigger-proof. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dr. Nima. Great to speak to you today. Thank you for having me. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash 189, then you'll find them there. And this week, I'd just like to firstly say Happy Christmas, or should I say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and hope you have a really good one. I know it's going to be different for most of us this year, but hopefully you can find some joy in the situation that you're in. 
and take the time to really relax, enjoy yourself, uh, eat, drink and be merry and all that sort of thing and really uh, take the opportunity of that downtime to help you to recharge and get ready for 2021. And on that note, I am running two sessions in the Power to Live More Calm membership in January to firstly think about your best year, sorry, your best 12 months ever and doing some planning around what that looks like. And then the second session will be all about creating your content for the year. So how you can create a structure and come up with the topics and some titles uh, and some idea of how you're actually going to create the content and repurpose your content for the rest of the year. And so that's for members of Power to Live More Calm. And it's normally £37 a month to be a member. But for the next month, I'm offering a promotion where it'll just be a pound to join. And then after the first month, it'll go back up to the £37 just to give you that chance to get in try the membership site out, come along to those sessions and really get that value. And then obviously, hopefully, I hope you'll stay with us, but you don't have to. There's no obligation. You can just cancel. So if you want to just come and do those two sessions and pay your pound, then you're very welcome to do that. And we'd love to see you there. So um, please do hop over to powertolivemore.com forward slash Jan offer. And that'll tell you more about what's happening at the sessions. And it'll also give you the discount code in order to get that first month for a pound. And if you can't make the dates that are on there, please do get in touch and let me know because I'm thinking about running another couple of dates, but I haven't put those in yet. Uh, but I certainly will uh, do that if there are people who really want to come but aren't able to come to those dates that we already have scheduled. So that's patalamore.com forward slash Jan offer. And I'd just like to say thank you so much for being a listener to the podcast. Uh, we've been going now since, oh, I don't know where, since, since, since about Ellie was eight uh, we're heading towards show number 200 in a couple of months time and we're just so grateful that you keep listening to the show and hopefully find it interesting. We're publishing today on the 18th of December and we're going to take a couple of weeks uh, break over the Christmas and New Year period. So our next show will be on the 8th of January. So that's show 190. So not too long till we get to our 200th show. We haven't quite planned what we're going to do for that to make it special. Uh, if you remember, if you're a long-term listener, we had Stroppy Teenager being interviewed on the uh, 150th show, I think. Or maybe it was the 100th show, and I think it was 150th. Um, so we're thinking perhaps not so much of the Stroppy Teenager for the 200th show. <laughs> so watch this space, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So anyway, have a great Christmas and New Year. If you're interested in joining the sessions in January, then go to powertolivemore.com forward slash Jan Offer. Have a great time, and we look forward to speaking to you on the 8th of January. Use your power to live more. 